What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and The Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, a very integral part of motocross here in my home province of Manitoba, goes by the name of Adam Cook. Adam, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you today? Hey, it's not doing too bad. It's a Tuesday afternoon. The sun is not shining, but that's the, beside the point. This is an audio podcast. People will just have to imagine that it's a beautiful sunny day here in Winnipeg, but uh, how are things out in, uh, in Steinbach? Yeah, really good. You know, um, it's a little bit that change of seasons for us at the shop. Um, right now, it's, you know, kind of starting to fire on all cylinders. So, you know, our 19 bikes obviously have started rolling in and rolling out. And so we're in between 19 bikes and new snowmobiles coming in and, you know, guys getting ready for hunting season and that kind of stuff. It's a busy time. Absolutely. And uh, it's a little transitionary period, but for both uh, uh, dealerships and uh, a little bit of focus changes for uh, for motocross fans as well. Of course, everyone's been uh, out putting uh, putting their bikes through the paces for a number of months. And uh, for those who don't know, you are, uh, I guess, uh, like the you're the big boss of the hot sauce over at SAR Steinbach, a dealership that not only brings us the slingshot, not only brings us the, the Polaris sleds and ATVs that we like to rip uh, on in Manitoba, because for those who don't know, uh, Manitoba being a prairie province, there's uh, basically an unlimited landscape uh, for, uh, for enjoying those types of uh, uh, vehicles, as well as Husqvarna Canada, basically the exclusive dealer in Manitoba. Um, and, uh, and you're the reason why when I walk around the pits at the races, I see a whole lot more white than I used to. Yeah, it's um, it has been quite the learning experience in the last um, seven years that we've been selling Husky. It's been uh, it's been pretty awesome to see. For sure, and, and on top of that, like the the brand has also gone from r- relative obscurity. As far as I'm sure, when you first brought them in, I think they were uh, red charcoal black and white uh to now um the supercross champion rides a uh, rides a husqvarna um and and they're a very potent machine and uh it almost like it it seems like that's the bike everyone wants to be on it like it's uh it's completely flipped the script as far as uh the just how aspiring a brand uh husqvarna is and you've stuck with them from the very kind of the 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 infancy of that uh seven years ago yeah so seven years ago in 2011 um, my son and I, um, you know, we were looking for bikes for ourselves. And at that point we had just bought SAR. And so, um, we were on the market, we were out shopping around a little bit, um, had a bit of a discouraging experience at a dealership and just thought, you know, there's gotta be a better way of doing business. And it just didn't seem to fit in what we expected out of a dealership. Okay. And so, um, I don't know if timing was perfect or how it all worked, but Husqvarna contacted us about a week later um, and said, you know, are you interested? And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, at that point, the brand, I wasn't too terribly familiar with it. I knew it was owned by BMW and, you know, they had some quirky bikes and stuff. And so they literally shipped us a couple bikes to try. And yeah, we've been a Husky dealer ever since. Absolutely. And, and that in itself is kind of the essence of entrepreneurship in, in its truest sense. 
find a problem, yeah, and it was a problem that you came across, uh, and then find the solution. And the solution is uh, a great service uh, and, uh, and just a great customer experience. Every time that I've gone in uh, to SIR to, uh, to get parts, uh, of course, I, I ride a, uh, an orange version of a Husqvarna. I think people can probably figure that out. Uh, I ride <laughs> a, a KTM, but the, you guys do have the ability to pull in um, the, uh, the plastics I needed for my, uh, my 2000. 16 252 stroke and uh the 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 uh, just the diligence of bubba over at the parts department uh going through and figuring out everything that i was going to need and then not actually this long ago um and we'll get back to this guy in just a short bit does jake parnell rode my 252 stroke so hard at uh at burden that uh, he, he gave it back to me without any engine mount bolts thanks thanks jake uh <laughs> but uh you guys were able to get that in for me so just kind of speak to the um, the effectiveness and that uh, customer experience that you guys are able to bring over and over again. That's something that's really important. Yeah. So, I mean, back in the day years ago, you know, I won't date myself here, but I worked at a car dealership. And so, um, you know, you can sell, you know, not even product that maybe everybody necessarily buys into. And I think at this point, we're fortunate to have the Husky brand we do. But the reality is if you're looking after people in the back end in service and in parts and, you know, making that, you know, transaction as easy as you can for them when, and it's when they're having a problem is when really that separates the men from the boys. Right. And so anybody can make a sale. Uh, I could probably hire a monkey to sell Husqvarna's right now because they're that popular. Um, but it's how you're going to look after them when there is a problem or when they're in that, you know, that point of crisis in their life where like, you got to help me out here, Adam. Um, that's when, you know, you have a chance to you know step up and shine. Right. Do we make mistakes? Oh, we make tons of mistakes. Um, but we try to learn from them, and um, yeah, I think that's really what our dealership goal is, right? We're we're a family-based dealership. Family is everything to us, um, and so you know, people are working hard during the week to enjoy their passion, enjoy their you know their bucket one is what we call it. It's their fun fun bucket where they like to invest their money, yep. and so you know they don't have time on the weekends to have problems, and so it's it's really to be a problem solver during the week when when they're not riding. For sure, and uh, like, and I saw firsthand uh, the number of times that uh, I've needed parts. Uh, I need them on a Monday uh, so that I can get my throttle therapy on the Saturday. And I think that's something that you guys really kind of take it uh, to heart. That uh, uh, the urgency of say, like, if someone someone calls in something on a Tuesday, they're really hoping that they can it can be in by the end of that week, uh, so that a, a weekend doesn't go by where they they can't uh, enjoy that fun bucket. Uh, that you spoke about. So then, uh, like, just putting the importance on that as, as well as just uh, getting it right. Um, and of course, like you said, you don't get it, like, nobody gets it right 100% of the time, but uh, putting your best foot forward every single time uh, has been really important. And the funny thing is, is like, as I've seen the dealership grow from a number of years ago when, when uh, I think you guys had a different location uh, to now with your now yep. new beautiful location and uh, just, just how much the, the community has embraced the brand and uh, the dealership. Uh, that's really kind of like it's all kind of gone hand in hand. And uh, I, I kind of think of Manitoba Motocross as a bit of a family. So I think they've kind of adopted you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we look at, you know, how many bikes we used to sell back in the day in the first couple of years when we were Husky dealing room by BMW, I didn't sell one motocross bike. It was all enduro bikes. Yeah. Um, you know, I sold more motocross bikes last week than I sold my first two years when it was owned by BMW. Okay. So it's nothing, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to be at a Grenfell practice and have literally 20, you know, Huskies within two years old running around on the track. 
Um, so yeah, it's, we have been, the people have looked after us very well and we in return try to do the same thing, right? Absolutely. It goes hand in hand. I think that's why people continue to go back. It's, cl- it's the um, like classic uh, old school marketing, just word of mouth. If someone shows up with a brand new white machine and someone asks, how is that thing? And they got nothing but good things to say. And, uh, and on, it doesn't, doesn't uh, hurt when uh, a guy like Ryan Miller shows up to, uh, to the pro, <laughs> pro ranks and uh, puts a beating on, those, uh, on everybody on a 252 stroke, uh, which was, of course, the only... Uh, 2019 252 stroke in Manitoba at the time and uh, yeah like uh, between him and Sean Bandman ripping up the uh, the C-class you guys guys got pretty much every base covered uh, and uh, not to also mention uh, one of your most top flight athletes which I assume will one day be uh, way faster than me uh, actually he probably is already now which is uh, Maguire Yaruski who uh, basically uh, this is a brand new 2018 um 85 for you guys uh this season and uh, he's been the pilot for you yeah it's been um it's been awesome to team up with him and his dad what a great great family yeah uh, we were super excited when we were able to put that deal together and uh yeah it's it's worked out well it's a good bike but yeah what a good story for sure like like uh one of the most like just most appreciative well-spoken young men and then if when you meet his parents as pint size as they may be They've got huge, uh, huge hearts and uh, just super hardworking people. Um, I'm sh- I've literally been like beside myself trying to figure out my own engine and McGuire's heading to the line and his dad's taking the time to try and figure out my bike. Great people and, uh, and they're always take care of me at the races. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about those guys. But uh, um, how, how, how much does it mean to you to see riders like McGuire kind of turn to the brand of Husqvarna uh, coming off originally he was on Yamaha's which was a proven platform, mainly because it hadn't changed since 1986. Uh, but um, just like putting the faith in their race results in uh, in the products that you guys bring to the table week after week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you know the reality is that most people um, you know still see us maybe sometimes as a white KTM. Yeah. Um, definitely, every year you know since so 2016 when we went to the last the old new frame. Our bikes have started to differentiate more and more every year. And so I think because people know that it's the same owner as KTM, um, so they have some peace with that. But, yeah, definitely for them to take and put their trust in us. Um, And it's also made us have to step up our game a lot more too, right? You know, our parts inventory has had to go way up um, because in the same token, you know, McGuire, uh, he's at a level where, you know, he needs to have his parts in a few days. And if not, I should probably have them in stock even, right? And so it's been fun. It's been fun to learn. It's been fun to make a few mistakes and say sorry um, and have to air order in parts and a bit of a learning curve. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great problem to have. And it's so awesome to team up with uh, families like that and the whole MMA. I mean, it, it is really all about families and same with MDR and that, that is a reward for us for sure. Oh, for sure. And, uh, like both myself and, uh, and a guy like Jake Parnell can, uh, can attest to the fact that sometimes in Manitoba motocross, you don't even need a motorcycle to go to the races. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, like I've certainly experienced some times when my bike goes down and, uh, rather than your friends being like, Oh, that sucks. Like, I guess you'll be out for the weekend. Uh, people are also too ready to offer up a, uh, 10,000 plus, uh, valued motorcycle for you to go jump a hundred plus feet through the air um, with not too much of a care in the world and otherwise uh, just bring it back in one piece hopefully um, but uh, yeah same like I, I was able to, to loan him a bike for this weekend and uh, it's one thing for uh, I, I own my bike 
it's another thing for a dealership to be like, here, have the motorcycle for the weekend, continue your awesome season. Uh, Jake's bike had an issue with, uh, with a crank, and uh, not only were you guys to, able to help him with a smoking deal on parts and service, but also uh, you made sure that he wasn't down for a weekend and he could continue chasing after uh, the, uh, the championship in the 250B class, which uh, um, I, you guys, I think he should basically be dr- delivering those uh, trophies to, uh, to your front desk. Because uh, <laughs> the kid went one 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 on uh, on a, his very first perfect day in motocross uh, aboard uh, a loaned out bike from you guys. Yeah, I mean it was a bit of an unfortunate situation, and so um, you know we definitely didn't want him to miss the points because he obviously is uh, definitely an up and coming, and he's a great kid and a good family. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we decided as a dealership during the week, you know what, we're going to literally take we transferred his exhaust, his plastics. Uh, all onto our bike, let him use it. And uh, just, you know, when he looks down, he's going to feel at home, right? And so it just so happened that I had the same bike as his in the demo. So it worked out very well. And yeah, Jake, uh, he's going to be, well, I'm sure he's going to have to move up to A-class. So it's going to be awesome to watch him continue his journey there. But yeah, he's definitely an up and coming and he's a, he's a good kid. For sure, he's like that. Absolutely, one of the more more uh, uh, well spoken, appreciative kids within the, the the community. And but there 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 aren't too many bad eggs out there whatsoever. In fact, that you'd be hard pressed to find one. Uh, but yeah, totally. He is uh, licking his chops and rubbing his hands together, looking forward to going to that A class. Myself, I've been in the B class for the last eight uh, fourteen years, and I look to stay there. Uh, but uh, um, and that, that's where that's where I think that's where I belong a little bit. I'm, I'm uh, fast enough to know what I look like. I know what I'm doing, but not quite fast. <laughs> enough to uh to go okay. up to the a class and have ryan miller make it, make it look like i don't know what i'm doing um well i'm a trophy queen so you got me beat <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um but uh like there's basically kind of uh two communities within the manitoba motocross and i kind of wish that they were uh, closer together but maybe you can speak on it um mdr manitoba motocross they don't bleed over too many too much at all you have a few people that do both uh but most Pretty much, like they kind of like decide to do one or the other. Um, what's your your take on the two communities, so to speak? How do they mesh together? And would you like to see them come together a little bit more? Yeah, you know, I've wondered sometimes if there wouldn't be a way to do, you know, some sort of double header, you know, enduro race on Saturday, yeah. uh, MX race on Sunday type thing. That would be super super cool. Um, it, I, yeah, you are totally right. It's two different complete communities. I mean, I know of two families that dabble in doing a little bit of both and it's just cause they literally like to ride that much. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing. You get an MX guy in the bush and it's different. It's, you know, the pro guys run, you know, two hours plus a little bit. Um, and it's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'm a bit more of an enduro guy, so I like to keep my wheels on the ground. So I'm very, very intimidated by motocross. And so it's funny how it is a different rider and it is a very, very different bike. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome to do some sort of event like that. Uh, it's a major, major growing sport. I, I believe there was 190 riders at, uh, at Birch Ski Resort there in uh, Carmen here at the last race. So it's a growing sport. It's amazing. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Of course, I'm a diehard motocross guy. I've never really done much in the woods other than maybe uh, one uh, riding clinic with Don Formo back in, ni- in 2002. So it's been a while. Um, and yeah. to me, like I have hats off to anyone who goes in the woods. It's a skill set that I don't yet have. I would love to uh, uh, go out and kind of enjoy a little bit more of that. I think for that to happen, I would require bark busters and to put the stock pipe back on my 252 stroke because uh, there's no way I'm taking my beautiful uh, 
works pipe from FMF into the woods. I just couldn't do it to it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I think that's going to be something that I have to uh, kind of explore into a little bit more because when you talk about riding time, seat time alone, off-road just wins. There's no way you could, like, you, you, there's, not, there's not enough races you could enter in a, in a motocross race to equal the same amount of seat time. That and the fact that I think the day starts later and ends earlier, it, it's, it's a tough uh, package to beat as far as motocross goes. But of course, if that's your sport, that's what you go do. But uh, I'm really impressed to see how uh, that community has grown and just getting that throttle therapy out there. And, all, and the thing that I noticed most is that uh, you get a lot of young riders doing it. I'm sure you've sold totally. more than a yeah. few uh, 65s and, and, uh, and 50s to uh, those types of riding because um, the parents can kind of see their kids go off and they're not hitting big jumps and they're not uh, like way off in the back section of, of some rollers or something like that. It's all pretty much kind of out in front of you and uh, the riders just kind of work on seat time alone. I think that's really important at that age. Yeah, totally. It's, it's you know, motocross is, um, high intensity for a short time, major adrenaline rush, right? Yes, sir. Where MDR enduro racing is, you know, I always call it a two hour pace instead of a two hour race. Um, you are pacing yourself. You're using your mind a bit more than you're actually using your body. Uh, hence why guys in my shape have half a chance of doing something. <laughs> um, it, but yeah, it is, it is completely, completely different. It's, uh, is it safer? Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be safer. Um, but not when you start talking some of the speeds that the fast guys get to. So, yeah, I think for some parents, it's maybe a little bit safer at, at the younger ages, um, but it's just different, right? For sure. I, I think I liken it to um, like mountain biking. There's, there's downhill, there's cross country, there, yeah. there's different disciplines. Um, and I think that uh, like you can, you can kind of have both, or you can do both. It's just, there's different skill sets and, and different approaches that need to be uh, put in practice. But uh, it's really cool to see. Uh, and I think you're totally right. If, if we could do some sort of like a sprint enduro at, uh, at a track that's a little bit more open, like say, because Morden has like a, like that huge field, like maybe if there was something that we could kind of figure out that way, but uh, um, I, I would love to see it. But uh, in addition to Husqvarna, of course, we want to talk about those beautiful uh, 2019 Huskies. And if you haven't checked them out already, uh, head on over to SAR. Uh, steinback.com check those out uh you also uh, have on your showroom those beautiful slingshots which uh, i think that um trevor or not trevor harris uh andrew harris has one of those that he's been ripping around in locally and that's pretty cool as well as uh polaris so how do those two manufacturers also factor in to uh some of the things that sar is able to bring the public yeah so in in when we were at our old shop down in main street steinback um so in 2011 we added husqvarna and in the fall of 2013, we added Polaris. We were just looking to take it up a notch, you know, get more people in the door. Um, you know, at that point, we were still specializing in, in used motorcycles and then, of course, dabbling with Husqvarna at that point. So, yeah, we added Polaris then, and, you know, literally our, our staff tripled in size and our building, um, you know, went from 2,500 square feet to 10,000. Um, they're an amazing company. Um, it's a great time to be a Polaris dealer. Um, it's a great time to be a Skidoo dealer. It, it's they're pushing an envelope every day. It's it's almost a little hard to keep up with all the stuff that they're coming out with. So yeah, we became a slingshot dealer in the fall of 2016, and it's been a lot of fun. It's a learning curve. It's literally a new sport. Um, we've been racing the Motor Gimli. Chimono is actually our last race of the year, so that's been kind of fun teaming up with David Rickard from Niverville. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a learning curve. It's been a lot of fun. 
Oh yeah, they they look neat. Every time you see one of those things that you have, like almost like a double take at what is that thing, and we'll see. Is that Batman? No, it's not Batman. It's just a slingshot. But uh, <laughs> um, it, they're really cool to see. And uh, just another couple of uh, like uh, products and, and uh, lines that you guys carry over at SAR. Um, so like basically like years ago, I remember seeing like say like I, remember, I think it was Dave Rand had a, a Husky from you guys. He'd race. That was when MD, MDR was in his infancy. They're doing a lot of off-road stuff like that, going out to Sandy Lands, which I'm yet to go there, but uh, I, and I'm scared too, but I will one day go. Um, well, you come on. I'll give you, I'll give you up with the right bike you can ride. Perfect. Um, but then not, not shortly out thereafter, uh, you guys get uh, probably, like I'd say, probably the most significant signing, if you want to use quotes on that, um, within professional or the A class in Manitoba in the last ten years, like I remember when Matt Ham switched from uh, uh, from Sun and Snow Suzukis to uh, to Kawasaki's in the mid two thousands. Of course, I've I've got that well in knowledge. But uh, you guys get a hold of Rio Stays back in two thousand and eleven or twelve or so, um, maybe a little bit before that. Um, and he ends up not only winning the championships on your bike, but going 1-1 in both classes and uh, able to, you unfortunately wasn't able to carry the one plate the, the year following due to a broken leg. But um, how cool was that to kind of have a local kid who's extremely fast, who's also only ever ridden Westside Hondas to get on your machine, find success and uh, enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. So Rio was working for us at the time. Um, and so when um, the owner of KTM bought Husqvarna in, in the fall or in the spring of uh, 2013, um, then Rio, yeah, Rio was the first one kind of on the new white KTM at that point. And so, yeah, it was super cool. Rio is a, a great young man. And uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome to uh, have that championship, especially Matt. And I mean, back then he literally was the only white bike on the starting gate. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that first year we sold like, Oh man, maybe eight bikes total between enduro and motocross. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody was looking at like, what is that thing? And, uh, you know, essentially people thought it was a Husaberg, um, and you know, some of the parts obviously were, so it, uh, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was a ton of fun and yeah, Rio and his family, uh, great, great people. For sure. They've been a part of it for a long period of time. I, uh, uh, remember Rio riding in the 50 class four to six uh, Altona 2002, his dad had actually replaced his back fender with this rubber thing that looked more like a beaver tail than anything else because uh, every time he'd loop it, he'd end up breaking a fender, so he just kind of resolved that by uh, replacing it with this rubber thing. It looked hilarious, but either way, the kid's been doing well, it for a long yeah, period no of time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, knowing that, Doyle, that was just in the whole piece of flooring. <laughs> probably, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and not, not surprised whatsoever. The kid has had speed ever since, and uh, you don't yeah. see him around the track too often anymore, but uh, just a talent uh, among others. But uh, now you guys uh, have have been able to support um, Ryan Miller? Like, how'd that come together? And uh, why'd you end up putting him on a 252 stroke? Because I think the last time that kid raced a two stroke would have been the 125 junior class or maybe 125B Lake Whitney in 2006 or seven. Right. So we had talked to Ryan uh, midwinter. He was spending some time uh, with Lofton Barkman down in Texas. Um, and Lofton is running Huskies from us. And That's true. Um, so I, I, I believe he maybe had spent a little bit of time on Lofton's bikes. Um, at that point, he was still um, riding Yamahas. And so in the spring, we talked a little bit, and we decided he was going to wait a little bit and see how his spring went. 
Um, and then, yeah, when we, you know, when the new bikes got released and we could kind of see the direction they were heading, we had expected the two strokes are going to stay in the old chassis for another year. So it was a bit of a surprise to us that it was all new right away. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that when they want to go back to their childhood, they go back to a two stroke. Two strokes are fun. Oh. There is just, yeah, we saw more two strokes than we saw four strokes. Um, they're just a ton of fun. And, you know, same reason, absolutely. Same reason Desiree is riding one, right? They're, they're just a ton of fun. And so, um, you know, basically if you run that 252 stroke, you can run in all three classes. And, you know, the reality is we want to try to get him a number one plane and, you know, make a statement that, you know, Huskies, you can make it happen. That bike literally is, has the stock exhaust, stock suspension. Um, we have done nothing to that bike and it's just been phenomenal. And it's, yeah, obviously great, great advertising for us. Hence why I only have one left, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, so it's been good. It's been, uh, I mean, I guess he took a bit of a chance on us that a 252 stroke would cut it in those classes. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Ryan, uh, again, is another great family. It's it's awesome to work with these with uh, all these different people out there. For sure. Uh, Ryan Miller, good people and uh, uh, loves to ride his motorcycle. And he's been doing so at a high level for a long period of time. And just good to see him come back to it, uh, I think, for a number of years, uh, like with, with some injuries and some, just like some maybe some unrealized potential with his cr- professional career. Uh, soured him a little bit on it. But uh, seeing him on that 252 stroke, uh, smiling ear to ear and also putting a beat down on everybody behind him uh, who's uh, on a 250 or uh, 450 uh, four stroke or otherwise uh, has been awesome all season long. Uh, he's had some closer competition with uh, with DJ Burmy as well, which I'm, I'm sure those two did battle this last weekend. But uh, um, great to see him come out on that thing. And uh, the bike does look pretty good, by the way. Those uh, those SAR graphics done by I think it's a good one uh, concepts. They, those guys do pretty well yeah. by you. Yeah, Brett, uh, we teamed up with Brett this year, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's the it's the look we're looking for. We're looking for something that's clean and classy, and uh, yeah, he does a fantastic job. Awesome, man. Well, um, before I let you go, I would love for you to just sort of give those who've never stepped inside the beautiful confines of SAR Steinbach Sport and Recreation to, like, what, what would be uh, the experience they're going to be looking forward to? What's the culture over at SAR? And uh, finish it off with where the heck, where, where the heck, where the heck they can find you so that uh, they can come down and uh, take that last 252 stroke off your hands before the weekend. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're right on the north part of me, uh, well, north part of the main drag, I guess you could say, in north, uh, number 12 north. So coming into town, we're kind of, Steinbeck is growing more and more further north all the time. And so we're one of the last businesses there. Um, yeah, you know, we try to find that balance of, of being professional because you got to be professional nowadays, but yet still being, you know, uh, friendly enough or family oriented enough, you know, the coffee machine is always on the lounge is part of where the service department is. And so we try to find that balance of not being a big corporate box store and yet, you know, being professional enough that they have systems in place that we can look after people. And that, that's a bit of a balancing act, but I think we do it. Okay. Um, we still run, you know, I don't know if you know or not, but SDR used to stand for Steinbeck auto reconditioning. Okay. And so on one, on one third of our building on the South side, we still run a deco department and we do window tint and, you know, we do 3M prints, uh, vehicle wraps and that sort of stuff. So we're pretty diversified. We, uh, obviously try to have a lot of stuff in stock. Um, our showroom is always kind of maybe a little bit over full than it should be, but it's kind of nice on a rainy day. Like we had this morning that, you know, people can be inside where it's nice and cool and, uh, looking at clean products. So yeah, it's awesome. We appreciate all the support that we get from both uh, the motor 
lacrosse and enduro community, and it's been uh, just awesome to grow. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, check these guys out. Uh, they're, uh, it's a great place to go uh, shop, kick some tires. Uh, not, maybe not too hard. You don't want to knock one of those bikes over. But uh, um, <laughs> thanks so much, Adam uh, Cook over at SAR uh, for giving me the time. And I uh, can't wait to, uh, to come out there and maybe uh, throw down a down, uh, deposit on that uh, 252 stroke because uh, my 2016 is getting a little long in the tooth got the old body style on it people have given me shit all the time that it's uh it's, it's not uh, it's not up to snuff anymore so maybe i gotta upgrade uh and come visit you guys soon we'll make it happen awesome thanks so much for coming on the show don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake we'll cut it off right there <laughs>